worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds a victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise, there's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place, and we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals, we sing to the God who saves, we sing to the God who always makes a way. He hung upon that cross and he rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in this place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. Let the house of the Lord sing praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven,
my treasured one are you my sweet and lovely son are you you are my love my darling new unworthy I of you theme for us today as we begin the celebration of Advent is the theme of hope. And as we begin this season, we are, we are challenged to uh, turn our eyes upon Jesus and realize that every promise he has made is rushing to fulfillment. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Everything that has been spoken concerning our Savior will be fulfilled in God's time. Now, I don't understand his timing, and you don't understand his timing. As a matter of fact, I was reading in Peter this week, in the second letter of Peter, 
And, and he, as he's writing that letter to the churches, he says, people say that we've been going on for hundreds of years and what was promised has, has not, he hasn't come back. We, we, we felt like he already would have been back. Jesus promised he was coming again. And now here we are in decade after decade, uh, century after century has passed and we wonder when will it happen? And we don't know, but we know this. He, he will come again. He is coming again. And there is a hope that is attached to that promise that means everything. I remember as a kid, I, I, um, I, I, uh, I was in the Santa Claus Club, okay? And I just knew that when I went to Santa Claus, and I'm not trying to equate Jesus, equate Jesus with Santa Claus, but what I'm saying is when I, when I went to Santa Claus when the season came and I made my list known, um, I didn't have any doubts about that list being fulfilled. Uh, if you were in that, in that world, the Santa Claus world, if you're with me, uh, uh, say okay. I don't know if it's all right to say amen, but say okay. I mean, I just, I went to him, I told him, uh, and I wondered what kids wonder about today. Um, why, does, why does Santa Claus look so different when I go from one place to another? I didn't have the answer to all that, but I just believed if I gave him my wish list. Now, when I was growing up, there was a Sears wish book. And you got that wish book. Now, you got a catalog. You know, you got a catalog, and it was like this, and then you got a wish book that was like this. And the wish book had lots of toys and things that kids like. And so I would get that wish book. I guess I just thought that Santa Claus did all his stuff at Sears. And I took a pen, and I went through, and I would circle. Because Mom and Dad said they would let Santa know what was there in case I forgot something when I was in the moment sitting on his lap making my wishes known. I circle a lot of stuff. And then I would dog ear the pages. I mean, I was a kid, but I was like, okay. Now, they might miss this. So I'm going to fold. And so I would go to my mom and I would say, now, I've got the pages folded. And I've got the items circled. And you're going to let him know? Yeah, I'm going to let him know. And then I was, I was done. And I was never disappointed. Um, now let's talk about Jesus. That's a whole different thing. That's bigger than a Sears catalog. That's bigger than Amazon. That's bigger than the earthly part of, I brought a bottle of water out here somewhere. I, I'm on an Easter egg hunt. I can hide my own Easter eggs now. <clears throat> One year I walked out, we were using, Loris was using real eggs that year, and over about June, I walked out on the carport side of the Wise Drive building, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I found an egg.
This is fun, isn't it? I am a hopeful person. Not just when I get to Advent, but pretty much year-round, I'm a hopeful person. Because I believe in Jesus. I'm not hopeful because I don't have any problems. I'm not hopeful because my circumstances are always perfect. I'm not hopeful because I always have the answers that people need in their most crisis moments of life. I'm not hopeful because of me or because of the, the humanity side of, of first church. I'm hopeful because Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in this season. I'm hopeful because of the words of promise that he has spoken. I'm hopeful because of the many times that he's reached into the lives of people and has done things that are miraculous and be beyond explanation. I'm hopeful as we move into this Advent season because of all of the words that have been spoken about what God is going to bring to, to completion for each and every one of us, not because... Um, we are able to make it happen because he is the one who is going to bring to fulfillment every promise that he has made. I am hopeful because Jesus is alive and because he is at work in our lives. And that's bigger than we even know how to put into words. I'm hopeful because I choose to believe in Jesus. Do you believe in Jesus? When we come to a place of faith in our relationship with Christ, it changes everything. I mean, it really does. It changes everything. Like I was preaching just a, a few weeks ago, Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do more than we can put into words or even imagine to put into words. And so this morning, as, as Vernon was leading us in prayer and as you were anointed to be prayed for, there were things that were going on in the spiritual world that escape our notice. There are things that God is bringing together that go beyond what we even know how to talk about. I'm hopeful because of that realm. I'm hopeful because God is doing more than I can even think about in any given moment of my life. And he says in his word, that when we come to the place of childlike trust, I like that question, is anything too hard for God? When we put our faith in, in the God who spun the world into existence, who brought us into existence, who is working in, in our lives and in our homes and in our businesses and in our church, when we put our faith in him, there's a reason to have hope because there is nothing that Jesus cannot do. But what limits him is when we have no faith. He was coming to the end of his days, and those of you who have been privileged uh, to be with us when we went to Israel, remember when we came into Jerusalem that day, the bus brought us there to the top of the Kidron Valley, and there was a rail there, and we stood there in that place, and we looked across the valley, and all those, remember all those above ground crypts, those tombs, and then you could see you could see Jerusalem, the old city, the walled city, and we looked across there and and what a glorious moment that was to come into that holy place. Well one night Jesus was standing where we stood in that vicinity and he looked over at Jerusalem and he said, Oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. 
would not what? You would not believe in me. You would not receive me. You would not recognize me for who I am and for what I was wanting to do in your life. You would not accept the truth that when you saw me, you were seeing God. You would not. And so I've had to leave you to yourself. And when we're left to ourselves, there is no hope. But when we are in his hands, there is nothing but hope. I've been at the bedside of people who are passing from this life to the next. People I prayed God would heal, would restore their physical being, that they might continue longer on this earthly journey. And I've watched some of those individuals, many of those individuals through the years, come to their moment. It is appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. I've seen them come to their appointed time, and it was not, it was not God's will to bring physical healing to them in this world, but it was his will to heal them completely and take them home to the other side. And I've watched some of those people in their dying moment have an other world presence about them. I, I remember one night I was in a room with a family whose father and husband and granddaddy was going home to be with the Lord, and I remember him in that hospital room at Baptist Hospital looking up toward the ceiling. And he said, I see angels. And for days before that moment, he had not been able to speak a word. His daughters were there, his wife was there. The preacher would come and go and all of us would have those moments and not a word for over a week. But in that moment, when it was time for him to walk on streets of gold, he said, I see angels. Hope. Hope chooses to believe in Jesus and hope sees beyond the present moment. You know one of my favorite songs of all times. There's a land that is fairer than day and by faith we can see it afar for our Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. The sweet by and by. I believe in the sweet by and by. I believe in Beulah land. Whatever you want to call heaven, I believe in heaven. And that brings a hope to my earthly existence, day to day, week to week, year to year, to know that Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. That is amazing. And there's nothing the devil can do to negate that promise of Jesus in our lives. And so there's hope in that. There's hope that Jesus has gone to do exactly what he said he was going to do. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe in me, Jesus said. For I'm going to prepare you a place, and one day I'm going to come and take you home to that place. And again, I've been there when Jesus has come and he's taken someone by the hand 
and ushered them home. I remember when my father-in-law was passing. I love homes. I don't care who your father-in-law is. I had the best father-in-law in the world. We had a connection. And I remember at Lexington Hospital that Sunday night that he made his journey home. Him and Becky were singing. Um, I can't remember what they were singing, but Becky and Holmes are singers. And the nurse started singing with them. And Holmes looked at the nurse and said, you can't sing, can you? She said, I thought I could. And he said, you can't. You just listen. <laughs> I can hear Holmes singing, and some of you heard him sing it. Beyond the gates of life so fleeting, there waits for me another home. I can see him, I can hear him singing that. I can see him believing that. And I want you to know that he sung it with as much enthusiasm when we were in his living room with just family as he did when he would stand here on this platform and sing it for the church. Hope. There's more to what God has for us than what we know in this moment. Hope looks for fulfillment, believes in fulfillment. Trust that what God said he's going to do, that's exactly what he's going to do. When you ask Jesus to forgive your sins because he went to the cross and died for you, do you know in that moment he forgave your sins? It's not, okay, I believe in you, now I'm going to work off this debt. You can't work off that debt. He forgives that debt. Any work that we do for Jesus, any service we do for Jesus after we've come to faith is not to earn our way, but is to pave the way for someone else that they might come into the light of his glory and his saving grace. We're not saved by works, we're saved by grace through faith. And hope takes hold of that reality and it changes everything. Do you know how incredible, you do know how incredible it is. How incredible is it to live as forgiven people? To know that we've, we've laid it all out before him. We've confessed our sin and he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Nothing to hide. It's all laid out before him. Lord, I receive your grace. That is a wonderful hope, the hope of salvation. Hope does not give up. We all have bad days. We all go through troublesome circum circumstances from time to time. But we don't lose hope because we know that God can reach into any given moment in our lives and cause a miracle to be unveiled in our lives, in our experience. Listen to what Micah wrote. 
hundreds of years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Micah lived in a time when the prophecies were, were coming to a close. The world was rapidly moving to a time when there would be hundreds of years from the last prophet's word until the birth of Jesus. And Micah knew in his soul that Jesus was promised, that the Messiah was coming, that God would send the Savior of the world at just the right time. And he says, even though I know between now and when it happens, there are going to be some dark times, some desperate times, I will continue to hope. Because I know one day I will rise up from the darkness and walk into the light that is my Lord. Advent begins by calling us as followers of Jesus to come back to a place of hope, to come back to a place of faith, to come back to a place of believing that Jesus is enough. He came to his own, John wrote in the first chapter of the gospel that he wrote, he came to his own and his own received him not, but as many as received him, he gave them the power to become King James' sons of God, the newer version's children of God. And so, by the Spirit of God, our Heavenly Father has reached into our lives and he has drawn us to the manger. December the 3rd. Here we are. Each week we will celebrate another theme in the Advent. Another candle will be lighted. Another reading will be offered. Another prayer will be offered. We're making our approach. We live in the advantage of being able to look at the historical event. I've knelt three times in my lifetime and reached in and placed my hand at the place of the manger. Amazing. And I remember every time I knelt there, and it's, it's a press, it's a busy, it's busy tourists coming through there. But every time I knelt down, I reached back in, and I said, Jesus, thank you so much for coming to this world to save us from our sins. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for becoming sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Look at the hope in that. He took all of our sins upon himself. And Colossians says, the curse of sin was nailed to the tree and the righteousness of God was imputed to those who would simply believe. Imputed, a fancy word, was given was given. Have you knelt at the manger? 
Have you come to the place in your life that through the leading of the Holy Spirit, you know that Jesus is the Son of God? Not just a prophet. Not just a teacher. Not just Mary and Joseph's boy, as some said in the Scripture account. But have you come to the place that the Spirit of God has helped you to see He is the Messiah, the promised Savior? And have you come to the place that you understand how personal it is? It's not just that He died for the world. Are you able to say, I know He died for me? One of the old hymns says, no, In my hand no price I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. That's faith. Someone said, When you get to the place that all you have is Jesus, you'll find that Jesus is all you really need. Hope. Hope. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God my Savior. I know my God will hear me. Enemies, don't gloat over me. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Would you bow your heads? If you're trusting Jesus for your forgiveness, for your salvation, if Jesus has become the hope of your life and your eternity, just real quickly, all over the room, would you just slip a hand up as a testimony? Jesus is my hope. Bless you. Here's a fun thing to do this week. You can open your eyes and look back up. Used to be you'd have to, does it, I bet there's people in the room that when I say concordance, you don't have any kind of image in your mind. But for those who've been around for a while, when I say concordance, you think of a big, thick, heavy book. And you turn to, it's like a dictionary of sorts, you turn, like you would turn to the word hope. And you would find all of these scriptures that have the word hope in, in them. And it would give you all of the different references and, and you could run those references and it would take you days to read through all of those. Well, now you can go where? Google or whatever you use. And you can go, you can type in that little search box. It's called a search engine. Somebody say, you go, Brother Ron. And you can type in that little box, hope found in the Bible. And it'll bring you resources that will allow you just in a moment to have all these different verses. And, you, and you, you're not going to take time, and I get it. You're not going to read all of them at a sitting. 
But it would be cool this week if some of us would take opportunity to really let hope sink in. Not just leave it here this morning, but to follow up and say, God, the preacher talked about hope, and, and so now I'm going I'm to spend some time this week looking at the different verses, Old Testament, New Testament, that talk about hope. And here, here's the thing to know as you look at all of these different verses. All of the verses that have to do with hope in the Old Testament and the New Testament it's hope that is anchored to the person of God. It's not hope so. It's not, I just believe my circumstances are going to get better. Because that, you know, that man that I watched that night in his hospital room at Baptist Hospital say, I see angels. Well, his circumstances were getting better, but it was not, it, it was not that he was going to stay here any longer. type hope in the Bible and know that in the Old Testament it's all about turning your eyes toward God and in the New Testament it's all about turning your eyes to Jesus and let me ask you what event in Scripture takes hope in Christ to a whole new level what event in Scripture the resurrection there's an old there's a, a quartet song that um, that says, I've been to the tomb of Muhammad, and he's still there. I've been to the grave of Buddha, and he's still there. But I've been to a tomb in the garden, and it's empty. He's not there. Do we have a hope? Oh, yes. Not only in that he came, but that he walked out of that grave and forever canceled the sting of death and sin for those who would dare to trust him. So look at hope this week in the scripture. And let it become a part of your Christmas journey in this first week of Advent, the week of hope. And just let God speak to your souls from the scriptures. Look at what he says about why we have a reason. To take him at his word when he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Troubled hearts, the opposite of hope. Lord, let hope be born in our souls as we begin this Advent journey. Help us to know that when we become those who wait on you to bring it to fulfillment, that there is a new kind of joy for us to experience. Lord, we watch in hope for you to make yourself known in our lives again this week. We wait for Jesus, our Savior, to warm us with his touch this week, that we might be like those who were on the road to Emmaus, the ones who said, did he not warm our hearts as we walked with him on the way? Lord, we will not 
feel forsaken even when we're having one of those dark days for we know that because of what you have done in your son Jesus, the light will dawn in our experience over and over and over again. If you've never trusted Jesus to be your Savior, I encourage you right now in this moment to just pray a simple prayer, a heartfelt prayer, and say, Dear Jesus, I see you this morning like I've not seen you before. And trust, faith is rising up in, in my spirit. And Lord, I want to put my hope in you. Forgive me of my sins. And be my Savior. Lord, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this church service. Thank you for the songs that have been sung, for Paisley's baptism, for her family gathered here today. Thank you for Vernon's prayer. Thank you for those who came to be anointed this morning. Thank you for the hope that is renewed in our experience because you've made your presence known in our lives here this morning. Lord, we're getting excited about Christmas. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's not my So